2: You're listening to Comedy Central. Now firing Twitter last week. Man, look, every week with Twitter is some new shit. <laughs> They're saying that Elon Musk mm-hmm. sent out a letter to everybody going, look, y'all got to work yeah. long hours. If y'all about this life, Excuse you me? have until 5 p.m. to get with it or get three months servants at 5 p.m employees started resigning left and right to take the severance. So Elon has now, it is being reported, has locked out hundreds of employees because they're not sure which ones are the ones who quit and we don't want you coming in here on Monday morning fucking up all the computer shit. This is ridiculous. The wildest, bro. It's the wildest. Remember, Ralph. Remember when I told you my radio fantasy? When I quit radio, was to take a sweet tea, specifically from Chick Fil A, because it's extra sweet, and just throw it on all of the electronics in the back room that controls every. That's what they're scared of. So they have Elon right now has hundreds of sweet teas on his hands, tons of at his company. Hey man, hey man.
3: I wonder how many private toilets there are in the Twitter building.
2: There ain't enough turds, even if you lactose intolerant. There ain't enough turds.
3: But if they move as a group, if they move as a group, they can get this done.
4: (laughs) These people are (laughs) resigning in record numbers. I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I
2: mean,
3: I don't
4: know.
2: Ain't nothing wrong with throwing a little turd on the wall. Let Elon know how you feel about this shit. (laughs) And they like Elon going to
3: be in
4: the office to check it. Nasty.
2: My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Wednesday is the most beautiful day of the week. It is. um, Do we still call this Thanksgiving? What do we call this Jacqueline?
4: The day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Thanksgiving Eve.
2: The vibe. The festiveness of it
4: all. You know. Thanksgiving, sir.
2: (laughs) You Mm. You know why I feel like Thanksgiving doesn't get the same love as other holidays. Why? You don't get shit on Thanksgiving. That's fair. Valentine's Day, you get a gift. Halloween, you get a gift. Christmas, you get a gift. Your birthday, you get a gift. yeah. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Secretary. Thanksgiving, just sit around the table and and just talk about how lucky you are. Mm. Fuck that. Where's my gift? (laughs) Above at your house eating this trash ass macaroni. <gasps>
4: Ooh, why don't you eat somebody's trash, trash- macaroni?
2: Oh, soggy, because you be trying to be polite for them because they be staring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, you be Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is there. that's when the holidays is when my make weird shit and then they stare at you while you try it. Let's see, like when a rapper play your demo, play his demo for you, he be waiting for you to nod your head.
4: That's because you're polite.
3: The rappers playing the demo while you're at thanksgiving right after the prayer that that's when it's bad <laughs> that's when it's bad but i don't know man I, I gotta i gotta actually i slide with jg on this one the faces she's making everything right about Nog Look, man, we all Southern. I don't play about Thanksgiving. I ain't going to nobody random house to eat at Thanksgiving. I'm too old for that. I can't be introduced to new potato salads and people trying turkeys for the first time and all kind of crap. I need to know where the hell I'm eating, bro. I just can't eat nowhere. That's like when you got dreads; Just don't let nobody touch your hair. I don't eat Thanksgiving dinner anywhere, bro.
4: If you are a Gray Perry Moore, you know what you're responsible for in our house. Bring what you're responsible for. Don't make it differently. I don't care what you learned somewhere else, where you tasted something oh, else. Boy. None damn. of that mess. Don't put pineapples in the banana pudding. What is wrong with you?
3: Who put pineapples in the
4: banana pudding? She knows, knows is who she, she that is, that is. She knows.
2: That is terrorist.
4: She knows. Damn.
2: Mm. You are damn. That like I thought you were just talking in general, but that's specifically.
3: They got real specific, directed it? at a person.
2: <laughs> Fast. Well, well, you know, JG is the foodie, so you know she takes mm. food serious. Yes. So she don't like people disrespecting the food. I understand and respect that. Got a great show to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, I don't want you to say nothing else that's going to ruin your holidays, Jacqueline, because right now, but you are a gun owner, so you probably get, got that thing on your right now. You probably want them to run up. She is, too. Good <laughs> It's going to go down over some pineapples and some banana pudding, bruh. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go.
4: Everybody knows that Paula Deen's banana pudding is the best banana pudding. I don't want to hear anything else, but go ahead. Ventriloquist Jeff Dunham
2: on the program today. We're going to talk about his Comedy Central special that – Uh's premiering after Thanksgiving, uh-huh. if you're hearing this after that, go back on the Paramount Plus app and dig it up. Um, I opened for Jeff Dunham one time, third. Oh, where when was that? This was this was back. This is when he still played regular comedy clubs. Like, you know, uh-huh. he's arena act, like he don't do less than ten thousand seats. Uh-huh. Well, wow, he does big spots. He does big, big, big spots. But like, oh, two motherfucker was in Chattanooga on a Thursday.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so I got the like that last tour. the ticket. Now, I'm not I'm not hating. The no. tickets was like fifty dollars. Mm. It was a fifty dollar ticket on a Thursday night in Chattanooga. So I got I got to open for him. He was a really kind, really cool dude. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him about the special. If there's anybody that we need to talk to about woke culture. Ooh, Maybe yeah. it's Jeff, because, you know, I feel like... Why? Because everything... Well, because with the ventriloquist... I don't even know what to call them. Can we still call them dummies? No.
3: Yeah, I don't know if that's disrespectful. Are they clock people? What's are, the new word clock humans?
2: for ventriloquist <laughs> a, hmm, partner?
4: Partner. Walter? Yeah. the
2: scene partners. The fact that he makes jokes that are sometimes rooted in a stereotype or started a stereotype. Cause I'm not going to say his, his humor is not lazy, but uh-uh. if he, he's a white dude doing a Mexican accent on stage, pretending to be a jalapeno, huh? is it the fact that he's doing this through ventriloquism. That's not a word. That is a word. It is today. <laughs> is that why he's able to get away with it? You know, because mm-hmm. his comedy transcends, you know, every age. So I'm excited to talk with him and JG. Uh, I understand. Um, Couple emails. Let's go ahead and uh, check the Roy's job fair at gmail.com.
4: We have so much good news in the inbox and some things that made my eyes water as well, but I'll just stay in. You got
2: no haters? We got no more hating ass Native Americans? Are you happy now? We ran the episode yesterday. Yeah. We ran the episode this week in the job fair feed. There. Well so why, why am <laughs> I so mean to it?
4: I don't know. When well, I'm about to tell you that Thomas McClure, a former guest, we talked with him about woodland firefighting and working at an urban Indian health organization.
2: Episode 30, The Art of the Resignation, September 2021. If you want to dig in the crates on that. Well, one. good Keep
4: news. Going. He's been promoted from a health promotion specialist to the director of health oh, promotion. That's Thomas. Oh,
3: Thomas. Oh, word. That Congrats, boy. brother. Congrats. That's what's that's up. That's what did it. That's yes. good stuff, that's sir. That's did it. Yes. That's
4: it. And boy, he wants you to know that there are several vacancies that they are hiring for, and he wants people to come apply at allnations.health slash careers. Congratulations, Thomas.
2: Way to go. Good for you, brother Thomas. Good for you. Got the all promotion. Right. Don't fuck it up. Make sure you steal shit because sooner or later they're going to try and come at you. Oh. <laughs> Just hit me with the greasy fry bread,
3: bro. That's all I ask. The greasy fry bread is where I'm at. <laughs> I need that. I need that.
4: We also have things that bring Danielle K. Joy. They are Bob's Burger playing a bass guitar, cereal, a lizard, and listening to Roy's job fair. She wanted you to know that those things are all in one group. Wow,
2: that was diverse. Well, thank you, Danielle Okay, We appreciate you.
4: You're next to a lizard. I'll take that. Lizards are pretty cool. And then Danielle C. enjoyed hearing Rhonda talk about her Peloton on the episode, My Wife's Boyfriend. How are you doing on your Peloton, Rhonda? All right, real quick.
2: Cody's most outstanding employee of the week.
4: Memphis, Tennessee, shout out to
2: Shelby County, right there on the wonderful, wonderful Mississippi River. Um, Fox 13, Mm -hmm. the news crew at Fox 13 was out there and they stopped for lunch or stopped somewhere, one one reason or another. And when they came back to the old Fox 13 news van, all the goddamn cameras was gone. Oh, no. And of course, you chalk that up to insurance and the average reporter would just head back to the station, get a new camera from the stock room and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Pierre, who was a proud employee of Fox 13, woke up one morning and check his Facebook and he had a message from a man named Richie. Okay. <laughs> The message to the Fox 13 employee was, "Hey Jeremy, how do you work the record button on this camera?" Oh my gosh. Son, <laughs> underneath that comment is a picture of the man who stole the camera taking a picture with the camera so that Jeremy can help him learn how to use this super complicated news camera. Oh my gosh. What? A young gentleman by the name of uh Mookie, not Mookie. Probably should probably oh, that wow. last name. oh I don't he no looks like a mookie. mookie. You look at him. He looks like a mookie.
3: He's got the little braids. That's
4: so
0: wrong.
3: Wow. I love it.
4: <laughs> wow. Love Why it. do you love, if it? You're,
3: if love you're, it? If you're about to make mookie, I love it. if you're about to make mookie the CMO, not only do I like this, I love this, Roy.
2: I and love Richard. this. Both of them. Both Why? Them. I would argue that a lot of crimes are crimes of necessity because poverty begets the choice to be criminalistic
4: I'm with you there.
2: In a lot of instances. Okay, so you have Richie, you have Mookie. These two young brothers go, damn, I really want to make TV and movies. How do we do it with a camera? We cannot afford a camera. Ooh, look, the Fox 13 News van is right there. And they took that camera and rather than pawn it, rather than sell it, rather than just let it collect dust, they've decided that they are going to use it. And what better way to use your newfound camera than to mention someone who, you know, knows how to use. No. Mookie and Richie no. are simply trying to better themselves. That's I do all. not agree with the methods, but I love the motivation. I love the tenacity. And for that, no. Mookie yes. and
4: Richie. No.
3: Yes, both of them. Of Memphis, Tennessee. No. Both of them. In the name of young Dolph,
2: give it to him.
4: You are!
2: Cody's most outstanding <clears throat> employee of the week. Brought to you by Sackleson State Motherfucking Community College.
4: You don't know what to do with that either, do you?
3: <laughs> come join our AV club, you two young industrious yes, men. Yes, indeed. There's a space for you at Sackleton AV.
4: Don't you come in this direction. I am disappointed in them. If you're gonna take it, don't tell people stuff.
2: How's they gonna learn to use the cameras? I can tell you this much. When I go to Memphis to do a show, I'm calling Muthi. I know you he got the camera on. Not.
4: Hey man. You better not.
3: That kid gonna work hard for you, Roy. He gonna hit you back on Twitter like it's how not. do I use this?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what if I hire him and then the motherfucker can steal my microphone? Mm-hmm. I can't even do the show. <laughs> or your cell phone. We have to run after your cell phone. <laughs> mm.
2: Worst than first time.
4: Oh my gosh.
2: And uh it's a pleasure to have this person on the show. They have a um a wonderful, wonderful comedy specialist coming up on Comedy Central and Paramount Plus and all of the wonderful, wonderful streaming sites. Uh JG, who do we have on the line?
4: We have Jeff Dunham, but you said he's alone. It doesn't look like he's alone.
2: Uh. <laughs> he's oh, got boy. Walter, a uh, uh, wonderful yeah, ventriloquist. Thanks for having us. Uh, good to see you. I don't know if I should be
5: a part of this because I heard what you're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, you'll we'll, be fine. OK, good. I don't care.
2: <laughs> Award winning <laughs> and nationally, globally touring uh, comedian and ventriloquist Jeff Dunham. Welcome to the job fair thanks. I open for you. Man, it's like O2 comedy catch. This is and wait, this is how you'll know, you know I'm telling the truth. It was the early years of you selling the Walter dolls. Yeah, yeah, And you sold out second show Friday night, and you still had two more nights in town. It was like I didn't know that they were gonna buy all of these. I just brought a couple to see how it would go. And people. Wait, wait what town up. was it? Where was it? This was Chattanooga. The comedy catch. Shout out Michael Alfano. Oh, man.
5: Wow. Wow, That was a long time ago. You know what I remember about that? You do not play
2: rooms with 100 seats anymore.
5: Okay. So (laughs) when I was headlining, they would always give me the nicer hotel. There's no nicer hotel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into your early days in ventriloquism, let's talk for a second first about the special Me, the People, November 25th, Comedy Central. If you're hearing this after November 25th, it's on the Paramount Plus app, the Comedy Central app. To me ventriloquism is interesting in that you're essentially writing a two-person show but you have multiple mm-hmm. what is the word I don't want to get canceled dummies. dolls dummies uh, wo- wooden
5: dum- Americans Look, wooden oh. Americans <laughs> Walter. Let's Walter. go Walker Thank you Walker Stand up bro. stand up
2: When you are Good. creating this act how difficult is it to keep coming up with basically an ensemble conversation that's constantly happening on stage right and by the way this is
5: the 11th special so uh nice i I don't know i don't know how many you know i've looked back and, and um uh the only record albums that my mom would let me have when i was a kid was Bill Cosby because he was clean, and so that's the only that's the only exposure I had to stand up comedy until whatever age, and um, I know that he had a just I, I I think he was number one with the number of comedy albums of any comedian. Mm. Right? He was number yes. one, and so I've I've still been trying to get my people to figure out uh, who has the most stand up specials. <clears throat> so anyway. <laughs> What? Um, I think Ooh, I'm getting there. I'm not. That's, I'm not a, that's a
2: belt. I think you could get. I know Carlin had 13 HBO's. Oh, he did. When Carlin died, they sold a box set of all of his HBO specials. Run find that for me real quick, because I, that one you're close. Roy, you know what that's funny? All these people that I pay all these
5: percentages to, nobody could come up with that answer. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> so take us then, you know, this is the part of the show where we talk about worst jobs and first jobs. I'm, I'm
5: putting um, Walter down here.
4: Thank why? No.
2: You.
5: you gotta <laughs> hit, his Why? Stair, his stare was I'll it was pick on it back bro. up in a second. I just this is way a much more interesting conversation than I usually have.
4: Okay. Of
2: course. No. the the relationship between I'll tell you a story and then you explain to me your process so okay. I opened for a early on in my career and this is in the days as a road comedian where as an opener generally your job is to drive around the headliner because we're doing four cities in five days right. and this particular ventriloquist as I know did not have a driver's license I don't know why he didn't have it. whatever it was he needed me to pick him up and drive him everywhere and he had his Wooden American. Wooden American, yes. Wooden <laughs> American. I'm trying not to say oh. dummy. He had his, oh, he he it had his petrified American nope. in the <laughs> trunk. And we stopped in Wisconsin. We're headed up to Appleton to play Skyline. And we're doing a run up there. And we stopped to eat. And when we go in, he goes to the trunk of my car and pulls out the dummy and brings it into the restaurant with us and asks for a table for three and not two. And I have to sit with this ventriloquist across from his dummy. And I'm just an opener and this guy could have me fired. So I can't say shit about this. I just got to let the shit roll. The waitress is looking at us weird, but what he explained to me was I have to have a relationship with him at all times so break. that on stage what? it becomes second nature. What is your process, Jeff Dunham? First, I want to know is that guy still alive? Yes. He is divorced. He drinks a lot more. Oh. Last I checked, <laughs> he's still touring. I'm not here to talk shit about him and his brand, but that was a lot for a young 20 year old. to take in (laughs) a Wednesday in Wisconsin. How do you build the relationship? Because I know also that you build all of your, all of your dummies. You build them. You have a full shop. You invested in basically birthing all of these. Yeah. I've I've been building them for
5: years. So, you know, it is something that, uh, The acting is a lot of a lot of this. And I love what I do more than straight monology because I can create tension and conflict, the two most important ingredients in comedy, because the character and I can have a, you know, an argument or we can have a difference Mm -hmm. or we can have a you know, we can discuss topics. That are tough to discuss or talk tough to talk about as a straight monologist mm-hmm. without giving opinions or, you know, so um, that's what I love about what I do is that it is a discussion. It's a little sitcom in, on itself uh, sitting there on stage. So um, uh, I think that's the reason this cancel culture that we have, I'm able to. Um, uh, talk about those subjects because if there's one side of it that I give, the dummy will give the other, and vice versa. Um, and let me let me say my little speech here. The, the, this cancel business is just—I think it's just garbage. I, we all we've all learned a lot. We know what we can and can't joke about. Um, uh, uh, but I also think that this country is a lot, and the people in it are a lot have a better sense of humor than than what the media is saying that we do. I think people have learned to. I think that people can tell a joke and take a joke. And um, uh, when it comes to politics, I think the mistake that a lot of guys are making is that they pick a side and then they hammer the other side and call them both sides do it and call the other side idiots and morons. And that's not comedy. It's a pep rally. So Mm. um, I try and go back to the days of Will Roger, Bob Hope, Carson Leno, and you never knew which side they were actually on. And they made fun of the guy that was at the top, the guy on the pedestals and one that's going to get hit with the tomatoes the most. So that's who they made fun of. And that's what I try to do when Trump was in office. I had a hell of a lot of fun with that. And now Biden's in office in this special, uh, you know, uh, he dressed up as Trump in the in my other in a bunch of my YouTube videos. And now in this special, he's dressed up like Biden. And we have fun with that. But I think people from both sides of the aisle can come to the show and have fun because it's not mean spirited. It's just make making fun of the, some of the goofy stuff that's going on right now. <laughs>
2: what, what I find interesting about your act and some of the puppets that you have is that they cover the gamut of stuff. Like, I wonder if the fact that what you're saying is also through a puppet uh, through a dummy that gets people that takes the edge off of that takes the edge off of it a little bit, because if you, Jeff Dunham, did an impression of a black pimp, people would be what? like, huh, eh, wait a oh, minute. Hey,
5: do you know what you're talking about but, there?
2: But, we, mm-hmm. but when you bring out Sweet Daddy D.
5: There. Come on now. OK, <laughs> I'm, I'm making sure. But let me t- Can I tell you the story of how yeah. that game happened? OK, so when uh, um, I was wanting to make fun of prejudice. And this was uh, back in, I guess, my first special. I was at, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Arguing with myself, oh, five, oh, five, I think. And I was wanting to make fun of prejudice. And I thought to me it would be really funny if I had a black character that was above me somehow. So we start out in the right place. So I made it a dynamic, Correct. my manager. right? And so then I thought, Okay, what is what what is he though? And I uh, honestly, I researched this as much as I could, and somehow I looked at. I'm so out of my lane here talking about this with you guys, but I, I hope you understand. This oh no, of- you in
3: the right lane, bro.
5: Come on, okay, come good, on. Oh, no, you in the right place. Maybe, no, okay, maybe it's the wrong vehicle in the right lane. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, believe it or not, this is
3: actually something. Um, if I can be honest, Roy, and, you know, this usual stop me. But this is something we actually talked about before you came on, because this is something that we were concerned about mm-hmm. how you manage. So I'm all the way in and animals. You I'm got a redneck, you work, got man. a
2: talking jalapeno. You have yeah, a you terrorist. Got all of
3: that
5: stuff. Like, the fact that you even brought that <laughs> up early to them. me
3: is beautiful. Okay. I want to hear this.
5: Well, the ter- Ahmed the dead terror. That's a whole different thing. I could talk about that all day long. But with Sweet Daddy D, what I was trying to do was trying to, uh, you know, uh create a character that i could use on stage that could make fun of me being this Mm -hmm. stupid i'm the as white as it can possibly be i'm not this color i'm this color (laughs) i got makeup yeah Yeah, (laughs) i've been doing tv all morning right (laughs) so um i then and this still confounds me confuses me i i look to a bunch of different uh uh celebrities that's, black celebrities
2: yeah archetype and yeah. snoop
5: dogg was was one of them mm-hmm. and everybody kept talking about the pimp and how revered the pimp was and again the reason yeah, i say him, i'm out of my lane here because i
2: don't know what i'm talking about right yeah but oh five that's bishop magic don juan and yes, yeah, that's cat that. williams up, is pimping pimpin',
3: the yeah. documentaries all came out that year it
5: was a lot of stuff
2: that from came a zeitgeist standpoint i could yeah. see where that was yeah
3: yeah.
5: OK, so that's what everybody told me. And then I found a couple of of black standups and I said, please help me with these jokes. Mm-hmm. We, it, tell me what are the jokes about white people that you don't tell when we're not around? And I could not I couldn't squeeze blood out of a turnip. Nobody. They wouldn't. I don't know what it was. Nobody would tell me a white joke. You hey know, Jeff. it's Jeff. not a white hey. joke, white joke.
3: Hey, Jeff, so, look, man. I'm, I'm going to do you a favor and let you know right now, if you ever, ever, ever have that question again, find me, brother. I will gladly <laughs> tell you all the white people jokes I have that I say with no white people around me at all. But please continue. I just want wait, you to know all my services please, are available. Please tell
5: me the best one. Please just tell me. The, I, never, I don't care. And well, see, things-
3: But the thing about the thing about it is at the end of the day, most of the black time, most of the time that we make fun of white folks when y'all aren't around. It's very basic things like dancing, very easy to to jump on that. When there's no words that need to be said a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, you can just look at it and be like, okay, that, that one right there, he needs help.
5: By the way, when I sculpted him, this is a funny story. So what, what's the guy's name? Uh, the black actor that was in all the, oh, I'm so horrible with names. Uh, the crazy guy, the skinny one, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, he lived like six houses down from me. And when I was creating Sweet Daddy D, I got all uh, eight by tens of all my favorite uh, of faces. I do it with every okay. character of all the favorite black actors that I loved or comedians. And I, made, I <laughs> printed eight by tens of all of them. There were like 10 guys. And I put them all across my workbench. And, um, and my workbench was in my garage. I have my garage door open. Chris Tucker comes down on his uh, Segway. He got a new Segway. Oh and he comes up my driveway. I see him coming. I'm like... Oh shit! There's no explanation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what yes. you doing, Jeff? So
5: I shut the garage door and were like, "Hey!" <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my me. I'm just in here looking at black people. that's it's
5: fine, Chris. Don't you worry about it. It's exactly no right. So anyway, so that was the that was the end of that. But I I, I love having this conversation because it's bothered me for a long long time that I could not make that work. I'll tell you, the other reason it didn't work for me, it's the same reason a female character won't work for me. It's because mm-hmm. when it would come to ad-libbing, uh-huh. and, you know, carrying on a conversation, I, I couldn't get it right. I can think like a white trash guy, Bubba J. I can think like peanut, that little crazy purple guy. I can think mm-hmm. like most of the other characters, even a dead terrorist. I get it. Cause he's just angry with the world. Cool. But when it came to being a woman or a black person, I had no clue mm-hmm. in any given instance. If somebody asked the character a question, I wouldn't know what to say as I a woman or, or a black guy. So I was like, this is not fun for me. I can't do it. I respect them.
2: Before it. we go to break, I want to just talk real quick, because you're interested in that you chose your career very early on, like elementary early on. You mm-hmm. knew, I think it was third or fourth grade, that this is what you wanted to do. For parents out there, who have a child in that same age range how were your parents supportive or were they against you doing ventriloquism cuz i told my mom about stand up when i was 19 and she was like eh but you third fourth grade told your parents what you wanted to do how did your parents pour into you to help make your dream well the
5: first kind of on me is that I was adopted and uh an only child so Mm -hmm. that set me apart a little bit uh from most of the other kids the other thing was I I was I was terrible at sports I was not popular with the girls I was not popular with other kids I didn't have anything going for me I was no good no sports forget so um I got this dummy for Christmas one year and I started learning how to do ventriloquism I did my first little book report in the third grade and then I made fun of my classmates a little bit and it was like wow I got some laughs this is fun and that's it That we were the, hooked yeah that was the drug
2: I couldn't let go well, so. <laughs> after the break we'll let JG flirt with Walter and uh, I want to hear <laughs> one or two scams as well and the homie Narado aka Rob for sure to come on like he always does to drive the show off the rails it's a job fair we'll be right back
0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
1: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi on a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car wi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
2: Job fair. Jeff Dunham standing by for Scam of the Week. But before we do all of that... It's time to slow it down, and um, this is the part of the show that that I love, and surprisingly, the legal department <laughs> Never. doesn't really seem to have a problem with. Ever. Your fans. Very shocked, but uh, nonetheless. Never. It is an essential part of the program. If you're new to the show, we call this segment Breaking the Ice, where we give you the job, fair listener couple topics to bring up at the job with motherfuckers you can't stand and you're tired of talking to. They have told you every little mundane detail about their life and it's about that time of year where they're showing you pictures of their dog in stupid oh, holiday sweaters. I see that shit. I do. Dogs dressed up. Give you a couple topics to... DC characters. Help them to get them to the fuck up off you. To help us do that, we <laughs> call in a gentleman who was an international man of leisure and... Uh, He is the author of the New York Times bestseller, How to Bring Your Jewish Boo to Your Kwanzaa Park. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What?
2: Undefeated in Pregnancy Scares with a record of 43-0-2, he is the uncredited inventor of the hobo fruit salad, peach whiskey, and um, was it cherry coat? Mm -hmm. It's a winner. His mama named him the We call him Rod for short. Rod guess we can officially say happy holidays to you as the floodgates have opened on yeah. Christmas season and Thanksgiving season and <laughs> all of that good shit. Are you a Black Friday shopper? Are you one of those people? You don't strike me as a fall in line with commerce and...
6: Nah, I don't don't like like crowds. So I don't really like being out there and all that kind of shit.
2: (laughs) But not even online? Like you're not one of them people looking for the next deal? Or do you just like... Nah. (laughs) He said nah. Here's a question, Rod, for the fellas. And we could save this for relationship fair in a couple of weeks. Sidebar uh, Royce gmail.com. If you got some workplace drama involving romance that you want us to help sort out or that you've seen, please reach out to the show so we can get you on and get you on with it. Right. Before we get into your segment, what advice would you have to men that are trying to get women to buy them expensive gifts? How do we go about doing that? What? Um, Tell that's really
6: only one way to, to do that. And that's to not be a lame nigga. Um, Mm. If you lame, okay. if you're a whack-ass nigga, you ain't going to get no expensive gifts. That's just how it is. You want expensive gifts for a woman, uh, you got to be something special. If you're not getting expensive gifts, then that should let you know how much of a regular-ass nigga you are. <laughs> preach, bro. Put it on a preach,
3: bro. Preach.
6: Also, I would like to come down on the side of pineapple and banana pudding.
2: What? Wait a minute, what? Shots fired! Shots yeah, fired! What? Shots fired! What do you I mean? Love
6: it. I love that shit. Oh.
4: You've had
2: that Wait, nasty trash? Is, that sounded like a freestyle. This is something that normally happens to banana pudding? Yeah.
3: I've never, ever heard of banana
2: pudding. I've never heard of banana pudding being freestyled like Girl, that. No, pineapple? Like, in banana pudding. I've heard of strawberries. <laughs>
6: oh, in banana pudding? It's getting worse. I've never heard of but
2: that. But it's like dressing, like cheesecake, like on top, not like whipped no, up and mixed inside. Don't nah, do that. Most of the banana pudding I've had
6: here pineapple in
3: them. Mmm. Wow. That don't sound right. It's because it's
6: super good.
4: This lady at my dad's job did it the first time.
6: Mm.
4: A white lady named Susan. I remember her. And I was like, why, Susan? Why? Shout
6: out to Susan. She know what's
4: up. And then my cousin went and did that See, mess. No. Your cousin got turned on to some
6: new
3: shit. That doesn't seem right, but it also goes against Jacqueline's rule, right? where she said, if you've been making it the same way last year, you got to make it the same way every year. You can't come and throw some new shit in the mix just because you watched, you know what I'm saying, Kelly Clarkson do it. Yeah. Now you got to bring it to the table, you know what I'm saying? She, she ain't about that life.
6: It's kind of like when you have ham in the collard green. I love it ham in the collard like green. Whole slices of pineapple. In there, it's like menacing. Okay. It's like it's almost blended in. It's just the most. So just a little twang gets a little bite. Yeah, yeah, bite. yeah like every no. bite has like like two strands, like a hair strand of fucking pineapple. That shit good.
4: No, it's not. Nice.
0: I'm
4: I'm not talking to you, Rick. We bring Rod on this program <laughs> to give you
2: topics to break the ice. Rod, I'll turn it over to you, good sir. Black people,
6: this holiday season, uh, we've got uh, something great going on. We might want to. Get Draymond Green and Jordan Poole to check this out. Uh, In 1997, Mike Tyson was in a boxing match with Evander Holyfield, and he bit his ear twice. Tyson bit a part of Holyfield's ear off, and uh, he was disqualified. It's pretty much effectively the end of Mike Tyson's boxing career, but 25 years later, Mike Tyson, who is a big-time cannabis user, and he has his own company. He and his Mm -mm. Holyfield are partnering to release Holy Ears, weed gummies shaped like ears. What? Oh, this is brilliant! (laughs) That's right. I support this. These brothers have come back to the table, and they've become good friends. And and now they they can both laugh at it all these years later. If you remember that That's fight, or this. check it out on YouTube or something. Only feel one laughing when this shit happened 25 years ago. <laughs>
3: he was not laughing at all when it happened 25 years ago. Oh that gosh.
2: was some, as far as sports beefs go, that was one of the more serious ones. It was one of the craziest
6: things I've ever seen
2: in sports. Like those two coming together? Oh my God! I'm looking at the picture. Thank you, Rhonda. <laughs> Wait, Rod, you didn't say that the gummy was shaped like Holyfield's That's ear with like, oh, the chunk
6: missing. Yeah, Chuck, yeah, missin'. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he
2: did. That's what makes it. You just said shoot- ear shaped. I thought just an ear, but no. There is oh, a distinct it. part, like the mold, holy to ear. make this gummy. Oh yeah. Man, oh, yeah. <laughs> <ear>. oh yeah. <laughs>
3: This is brilliant. Am am I wrong, brother? Or did did Tyson say some shit like if he would have been on cannabis, he wouldn't have bit off the ear? Yeah. Didn't he say something like if he was on cannabis, he wouldn't have bit off the ear? Mike
6: Tyson said several times, if he was doing mushrooms and things like that back then like he is now, He'd have been a lot like, calmer. So first. that
4: was a marketing talking point. Okay, got it. Whatever. No, he's been saying this long before. He's serious. This.
6: He said it in a while, yeah.
2: Yeah, he talks
4: about therapy and meditation yeah. and you know,
2: Tyson's a very cerebral like dude. The last now. 50 years. He? He's
6: been smoking weed, going to therapy, doing mushrooms and shit. The dude has got himself together, man. It's a beautiful oh. thing. He be
2: Jacqueline, Mike Tyson be crying on camera at least really? two, three times a year in some interview. He
6: cried he cried. I I love his podcast because because he cries. Agreed. Hot boxing. Is the and man. it's yeah. always after like saying some of the weirdest shit on the face of the planet. Yeah. he go off
3: on a deep tangent. Yeah. Yo. His tangents be wild. Like, be like they'll, okay, like, they'll like... be
6: talking about fruit or something. And they'll be like, yeah, I like peaches. Yeah. I don't really like peaches. I like plums. And then Mike Tyson just just busted. Like what if, what if peaches and plums taste so sour to you sometimes because we're all unworthy of the
2: love of God and then he'll just
6: start crying and say what the that fuck is, it, is going yeah. on
7: it, 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 that
2: is, it. he will just take a left turn and it's his podcast you ain't gonna tell him shut the fuck up
3: <laughs> you ain't gonna tell him to shut it? the fuck up
2: anyway it's Mike Tyson
3: He said the hell he wanna say stoned or sober say what you wanna say Mike You <laughs> alright
6: let's flip it
2: up for the people Rod.
6: on the other side for white people this is another callback to something we talked about before several <laughs> times we keep trying to get Roy these different jobs hosting shows and i really wish they would have let you host jeopardy because maybe this wouldn't have happened recently on an episode of celebrity jeopardy Mm. there was a clue (laughs) given and it was one of those classic, I don't know how this made it through, you know, all the avenues it had to go through, but everybody involved should be fired. Fired. <laughs> oh, shit. The answer to this clue was, what are alligators?
2: Okay. The question was what?
6: In 2021, fugitive Brian Laundrie ended his days in Florida's Mayakachi Creek area home to these long and toothy critters. What?
3: How you do that, bro?
6: Brian (laughs) Laundrie, who is infamous for committing suicide in that creek after him and his girlfriend, Gabby Petito went on a cross-country trip in the summer of 2021 and he murdered that girl. And Jeopardy yeah, this was to film yeah. as a clue to get a motherfucker to say alligators.
2: You know what I felt about Jeopardy for a long time is that the questions have caught up to present day. I remember growing up watching Jeopardy and every answer was from the 1850s <laughs> or
3: earlier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Like, yeah. I watch Jeopardy now, I'd be like, shit, I might win this bitch. I didn't
3: get about seven questions. I'm trying to
4: tell you. Why are y'all watching that?
2: What do you mean, why are we watching it? I
4: How like Jeopardy. You? We're now. not watching Jeopardy.
2: Why? Because they didn't hire LeVar Burden. You no, because they didn't her.
4: hire Roy Wood Jr. I'm not,
2: no. They told you in the email they were not hiring no care. comedian. <laughs> I don't care what they, they told me. They said, fuck me. us as a genre. I <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told my agent. They said comedians they would drive you. the show away from, I don't remember, you, I read it on from it, yeah. from
6: it. So they said comedians would drive the show away from the intellectual side and then they let Blossom go in this motherfucker. Thank you. Talking about you. a
2: killer
3: who committed
6: suicide,
2: Bruh. No, ago. Not, no. Now
6: <laughs>
3: it's Jeopardy Times TMZ, bro, for the questions. You know what I'm saying? Is We're like, not literally. gonna put
2: that on Mayim Balik. She We're not gonna it. put that on. Blossom she ain't the one. She read it. She ain't. It was Blossom. She ain't looking at them questions before she go out there anymore. Does Steve Harvey, know what the fuck she is, is gonna a happen certified on? Certified intellectual. Man, she
3: is
6: definitely that, looking at I those I don't questions. know how that made it through.
2: Y'all are crazy. Goddamn yeah,
6: the channels, <laughs> the chain of command. But
3: they should have been shut down immediately. <laughs>
2: Correct. Yeah, ASAP. I agree. ASAP. I'm with to 100% on this one. That is insane. That was that crazy. I know that Jeopardy has to remain fresh and young and I think that quiz shows are only as good as the viewer thinks that they could win. That's why Wheel of Fortune is still on the air because you sit at home and go, I'm smarter than them, motherfucker. I should be on the show. <laughs> so you need that element of I know what the hell, but I think in some regards maybe Jeopardy is skewed a little too current uh, but adding crime to the mix yeah I don't think that's it yeah both Gabby Petito and
6: Brian Lundgren's family said this shit was outrageous it was wild (laughs) I don't understand that's work (laughs) bro there's so many ways to get the alligators what the hell were they thinking
2: (laughs) New England Patriots tight end Aaron Hernandez (laughs) murdered Odin Lloyd in this hamlet just outside the capital of Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> what is Providence? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's insane.
6: That's
2: insane. It's it. so ins- like They could have just said, What the fuck is the capital of Rhode Island? Like, yeah. who was, who <laughs> was, how he, everybody
6: in there had to be on cocaine for that question to make it to the name show. <laughs> how do you let that through? <laughs> <burn? sighs>
2: It's a mama named Norado. We call him <laughs> Rod for short. The podcast is Uncle Rod Story Corner. Rod, we bid you a happy holidays and we will leave you to your banana pudding with blueberries inside
6: of it. <laughs> hey, pineapple and banana pudding. I'm telling you, check it out before you dismiss it. I promise you, you gonna you go. That's the only way you're gonna eat it from here on out.
4: Stop moving people in a bad direction in their lives. I'm trying to help everybody. Uh, you, you say it again. I'm gonna say exactly what I'm thinking right now. Ooh, oh, I'm shaking at myself
2: <laughs> that one. Yeah. Thank you, as always, Rod. I think uh, scam of the week time. We welcome Jeff Dunham back to the program. Jeff, do you like pineapples in your banana pudding? Oh, my gosh. Wait, what? <laughs> Jeff? Like- have, you heard, what? have you heard of this? Jeff You're Fred from Lightning. Texas. Yeah, really? from that what, about that way. what about it? Can pineapples and banana. Apparently, at Jacqueline's Thanksgiving get-togethers, she has family members who hate her, and they put pineapple <laughs> banana pudding. Okay.
5: <laughs> pineapple in what? Thank Bananap- you, Jeff.
2: Bananas. With pineapples,
5: in, in in a salad,
4: Jeff, <laughs> let it go. In let pudding. it go in pudding.
2: In pudding,
5: in pudding. pineapples and banana. Okay, bananas. Okay, pineapples in pudding.
2: That's not right.
4: Thank what? you.
5: No. my <laughs>
2: We welcome back on the program, Jeff Dunham. Uh, His comedy special premieres November 25th. Jeff Dunham, me, the people on Comedy Central. After that, it'll be on the Paramount Plus app. Also with Jeff now. So uh, the homie Walter.
5: I'm sorry. I had to come back to this story about being uh, being uh, screwed
2: at a comedy club. Oh, JG, do you have any questions for Walter real quick before we get into this? I do.
4: I'm just curious, Walter. Could Jeff really build me out like a shelf? Because he's obviously good at building things.
5: Uh, Could you build a shelf? Yeah, yeah. But the weird part is, it would talk. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me tell you this story real quick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a comedy club that shall go nameless, uh, but it was in Boston, and uh, it was um, on top of Faneuil Hall. You know what
2: i'm talking about oh yeah the food hall yeah downtown
5: yeah vandal hall and this place seated um easily 500 people and i know that because uh we were selling out and every night and i went to the owner and i said so how many are we getting here in, in here every night and he goes oh yeah 350 you're selling out i'm like okay there's there's more than 500 and 350 seats in here i I think there's about 500 seats and he goes oh no no he goes well no there's not that many i said okay then the next day i went back and i went i counted the seats there's 500 seats in here and he goes you did? I go, yeah. It's five hundred, almost exactly five hundred seats. And he goes, well, we don't, you know, you can't put, you know, you got a three people come in and you got a four top. We, there's no way we we sell all those seats. I'm like, yeah, I don't see an empty seat in the house. You're ripping me off. He goes, no, there's no way. And this is like the fifth time I've been there, right? Really? So I'm on stage on Saturday night, you know, first show, completely sold out. And I get through my, you know, supposed to do an hour. I get through fifty five minutes. I said, folks, we've had a great time tonight. you go, yay! I want you to do me a favor. We have a little uh, discrepancy of how many people are here tonight. I want you to be honest about this. We're going to count off one at a time. Oh, only, say, only say one number, shit. only say one number one at a time. I'm sweet. just curious of that. How many of you are in here? Will you help me out? Uh, yes. So that room numbered oh, off fuck. one at a time. The owner in the back of the club He's a good friend of mine. He goes, what is he doing? He goes and, and Gary goes, he's counting off the room. <laughs> Like, so we got to 498 wow oh yeah and so he's like you can't tell anybody this because then all the other comedians are gonna know i'm like i you know and so he wanted to pay me i i don't know but i, I was honest Gosh, i had money. to go back and tell my agents and yeah, he hated me for many years after that
2: Club owners would do slick shit too. They'll say it's sold out, then they'll bring in club I'll say this openly. It's a club in San Diego where once you get on stage, they bring empty chairs in from the bar to put in the room to make LA. it look like you didn't sell out.
5: Oh, I used to, it got what? to where I was taken when digital cameras came out, I would go <laughs> into the top of the balcony and take pictures of the room and then start counting off like on a piece of paper. And I would get in screaming arguments Oh, on Sundays, it was just and wow. I was this nice guy. I was not nice but when it came to that, that was being ripped off right and left. I'll tell you one: what one club did. They said, OK, 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 look, here's the computer printout. I go, it's a lie. He goes, the computer it can't lie. I go, you're lying. He goes, OK, OK, we have two sets of numbers. And then they would pay me the one check for uh-huh. what was on the computer and then give me cash for what was
2: off the of books. Mm. Wow.
4: Cooking the books
2: running game. (laughs) Uh, I know you have to go, Brother Dunham. I have a final question for you Mm. with regards to the respect for your craft within the scope of performance and stand up comedy. You are to me like there's there's this thing where ventriloquism is always treated as this annex of stand up for a while, kind of like the way they try to do piano acts or I'd say Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. Early, early on, we're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're in the magician wing or you're over there. But I feel like you've transcended that into this bigger, just straight up comedian. When people talk about stand up comedy, your name is associated with stand up comedy, not ventriloquism. How much disrespect did you deal with early on? Mm-hmm. And did that ever change? And do you think that has changed for young ventriloquists? I've met a couple on the road when I'm at doing stuff with the Daily Show. I meet young kids, and you know they bring you up. They bring up Willie Tyler and Lester, who we've mentioned on this show before many times. Like, what was the respect like early on for you? Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question.
5: What's what is it now for them? Do they say that they don't mm-hmm. get disrespect, or is it still there?
2: It seems like the younger ones have a harder time getting stage time because the clubs don't respect them. They look at it as a shtick, But instead of looking at it, I think that ventriloquists, much like magicians and people who do hybrid forms of stand up, they have to find their own spaces to create and grow and then migrate back. Into the oh, traditional I, there was yeah it, it was
5: yeah, it was really tough. I mean, uh, even when I was a headlining act, you know, mm-hmm. I'd find epitaphs written on the wall. Uh, like well, I got stand up comedy of the year in '97, and man, did people hate that. But that were really? club owners. That was club owners voting on the comics, and uh, whoever was selling tickets is who they would n- nominate. But no, yeah, it was it was tough. Especially moved out to Los Angeles in '88, and uh, you know, I'd be up on stage, and you know, I was always the middle act, and and forget about. Melrose, man, that's a tough house for somebody like me to have played Um, uh, the improv but uh yeah it was tough and and i still have letters rejection letters from comedy oh. clubs now nah, he won't be our headliner we can make him our middle act and pay him you know 250 bucks for the week <laughs> like, yeah. okay so it was a while and it and it took a long time and i appreciate very much what you said roy i uh i but i don't take any of this for granted at all um uh just some great audiences and some good people along the way that have, have been at the right place at the right time and helped me out so um you know uh it, it was tough and now it's 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 more fun but it is i think it's a little bit more difficult now because you come out with one album and you got to come out with your next album and it better be as good as your last one mm. so uh, 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 you know with all those specials that's a boatload of material and uh it's uh, uh you know it's good and it's good and bad but it's great
4: of all the people that travel with you how much do they weigh collectively and how much does walter weigh
2: why have you thought for Walter? So
5: Stop right? I have
4: a grandmother who's single. Thank you. <laughs> That's great.
5: Uh, I, I have no idea what their weight is. You know, I, I have no idea. What Each are your bag about? fees? Huh? <laughs> 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 is my my, my bag fees? You. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I don't like commercial.
4: Oh, excuse oh, me. Okay. Oh.
5: Uh, excuse me, bite. Jeff. Yeah. Is made. No way. There's, a, there's a good reason for that there's no way that we could do the schedule that we do and the dates that we play if if i flew commercial because all the dummies and all the crap i mean i have trunks and everything but our production's pretty big i mean we have we have two 18 wheelers we have two tour buses <clears throat> one uh-huh. for the crew and it's a rock and roll show so uh we carry all our own lights and sound and video and audio and all that stuff so uh but you know what that's dope i, I want to call this the no inflation tour because we've kept my tickets down in price so everybody can enjoy it i don't understand the taylor swift thing she's worth worth what a half a billion dollars why are you charging 850 bucks a ticket you don't this is
4: why we can't have nice things
5: (laughs) there you go so we've kept my tickets at 50 60 65 bucks 70 bucks and a lot of other comics are with inflation raising them up and raising them up but i'm just i i just believe in the mcdonald's approach you keep it inexpensive and you'll get more people and you'll make it up in volume
2: oh (coughs) that's this dope. is the 11th special premiering November 25th. Me, the people. We look forward to specials 12, 13, 15 through 18 and special number 25.
5: Thank you, well, sir. Well, I'm going thank to you. Carlin's. I'm good to Carlin's collection very soon to see what I uh, see. How many numbers I got to go to. I know it's more than 11, but okay. I will think it's mm.
2: more than 13 or 14. I I, I think I'm pretty sure, so long, but just so you're in Carlin territory, brother, and I yep, love, love you me. and I appreciate everything you've been doing. Thank you very much, Jeff Dunham, for uh, the job
4: fair. Thank you guys. Uh, it's been a, with it's been a flirting with Walter. I'm not flirting with <laughs> Walter. You're
5: about
2: to ask him, does Walter have a, some meat? Do you make Walter, this? you're <laughs> Walter? invited to Thanksgiving
4: dinner, Walter. I'm just saying. I just, saying. Want,
5: to, <laughs> I just <laughs> want to hear some white jokes at some point, please.
3: Oh man. Yeah. We 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 refuse some episodes that you can listen to, but we definitely have some white people jokes. <laughs> oh,
2: that'd be great. Great. I would love
3: that. that. In fact, it's we so, got to uh, hey Roy, you know, we got to do our white people ologists. We ought to introduce him to Rod.
2: No, we don't mm-hmm. have time. We don't have time. Ride we'll, we'll, let, we'll let Rod me, Sweet ride Baby D next time. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you guys Thank very you, much. It's a pleasure. Peace. All right. After the break, we are going to talk with a wonderful, wonderful brother. You know, them those jokes, but let's get into a little bit of danger. A guy who oh, mm. you see all them um, reporters that be out there in them war-torn areas getting shot at. Mm-hmm. He's the liaison who gets him there. We're going to holler at Brian after the break. It's a job fair. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
1: You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi.
2: Rounding third, headed for home. You know why the government isn't seen as a sexy job? It's because, like, you ever met somebody work for the government? They're, like, they're just so chill. Like, nobody's like, <laughs> government, fuck yeah. But the people who have good government jobs, they don't say shit because they don't want you to know about them because they trying to keep all the good jobs to themselves. It's an interesting job because, you know, as you said earlier, J.G., once you work for the government, it's very hard to get fired. Absolutely. You got to really be fucking up. Like you got to store a lot of cocaine
3: on your desk
2: in the office.
4: You could be sleep at your desk sleep as long as you get the work done. <laughs> they're not going to fire
2: you. Uh, so let's go on down to Mississippi and um, meet somebody down there in Mississippi. I think there's only second person we've had from Mississippi on the show. Well, um, dead body Sue. Yeah, yeah Sue. Everybody, Sue from Mississippi. So, uh, who do we have on the line, JG?
4: We welcome civil servant Brian to the show. Brian is based in Long Beach, Mississippi, and works as a public affairs officer for the Department of Defense. Today, he's going to talk to you, Roy, about what it's like to be a communications liaison between the government and the general public, including his experience dealing with the media in Afghanistan and Iraq. Hello, Brian.
1: Yeah.
7: Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be calling t- uh, into you from Mississippi, but I really hate the fact that the only other person from Mississippi that you've ever talked to was what would Dead Body Sue? Is that? <laughs> is that was a Sue? She was a wonderful person. She was a wonderful person. It's good. a scary name. Uh- <laughs> she, she, she represented Mississippi pretty well. Uh, she no, did she,
2: right. she didn't name herself that. We called oh, her. She, yeah, <laughs> she She works around dead bodies and her name is Sue, so we just combined the shit. Okay. Um, Still a little scary, but... <laughs> <laughs> sure. now before we do anything else man tell us about your work tell us about your job podcast Work Sucks <laughs> I understand you started
7: a podcast yeah so I mean it's a little little personal side project that I do uh, after hours um, kind of have to say that so the government doesn't say hey what's he doing on that you really do work for the government don't you he <laughs> yeah. cleared that off the grip that's yep, the government yep. folks I'm used to right there right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I gotta, gotta get my disclaimer in there Absolutely. Uh, nice. yeah it's called, it's called Work Sucks you can find it on all of the the major podcast platforms um, that are out there. And basically, I just interview somebody every so often, you know, whether it's a bad boss, bad coworkers, dealing with Karens, dealing with workplace safety violations, all that kind of stuff. Correct me
2: if I'm wrong on this. Public affairs officer, your job is to make sure that shit is sweet between the government and the public and disseminating the message from the government to the people in a way that's palpable and understandable and easy to communicate, not only with the public, but also with other media outlets.
7: Yeah, that's, that's that's a pretty good way to say that. So my job on a daily basis is, uh, I guess it, it's more like three to four parts is uh, the media relations and outreach side. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there are a lot of public affairs officers that are that you can either be proactive or reactive. Uh, I happen to be a proactive one. I like to reach out to our media outlets and and just I don't just let them know what's going on. Be transparent. Let them know that yes. we're being good stewards of taxpayers' dollars. That we're not hiding things from them. I just try to I try to get the media on the base as much as possible. I, actually, I work at the Naval Construction Battalion Center in Gulfport right now, Gulfport, Mississippi. So it's a it's mm-hmm. a pretty good environment. But um, but the second part of my job besides the media relations, the second part of my job is more like a community relations. We do tours, we do speaking engagements uh, from anything from like civic organizations to like schools. Uh, We'll go out to classrooms, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then it's not only about
2: delivering a message for the, that the Navy wants delivered to the public, but also, you know, piping down any confusion that may have, that may have come from, you know, misinformation. What is it like Doing this job from a war zone or mm-hmm. from an area where they because, you know, ISIS is always around the corner. Yeah. Right, yeah. I did a USO tour in 2014 and we literally, third, we could see the fire. This is six months before they took Baghdad. Mm-hmm. We were at an Apache helicopter base doing jokes and you could see the smoke and shit coming up off the like dude mm-hmm. motherfuckers is on the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. No, I'm good. when you're working good over that way, when I think about the jokes I told, those jokes weren't even worth getting shot at for. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> These jokes I got now. Nah, these jokes is worth fucking catching a bullet or two for it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, but yeah, before. No. 20, I apologize to that Apache helicopter mm-hmm. battalion. I'm y- sorry. You know what, though? I- you know
7: what, Roy? I, I, I've, I've been on the receiving end of having a comedian come out to when I was in like the middle of just the, the worst possible situation I could think of. And then we have a, like a singer or a comedian. I don't care if that singer couldn't hold a, a tune in a bucket. I I still appreciated so much because for for that five minutes they sang that song – I got to think about something else besides what was outside my gate. I had to escort me out mm-hmm. in the battlefield several times and it got hairy oh, a few no, times baby. and, um, oh, no. yeah, but, you crazy. but, you know, uh, the, the worst one was Jane's defense weekly, this, this little tiny little wispy kind of British lady, uh, you know, not even a hundred pounds soaking wet. And we got into a big firefight and sh- she got down in the floorboard of our Humvee and, and just, just screamed and cried the whole time. And we, I kept her safe and we got out of there now we didn't we lost some people but we we we, i got her out of there my job was to get the media out of there and i got i got her out of there safe and i'm pretty sure she she went home uh within a week and quit stopped being a journalist i didn't want to be a foreign correspondent anymore because it was so traumatic for her but she but she got an amazing story out of it she still told the story she got an amazing Mm. story and said nope my family's too important i can't
2: risk it anymore There's a lot of correspondents that are losing their lives right now, especially yeah. when we talk about what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. Mm, yeah, that's definitely yeah. foreign journalists covering active conflict. It's mm. another level of balls. It, it's it's it's
7: a rough life. Uh, there was there was many times where we had journalists that got, it, it, if not killed, injured severely, where they're going yeah. back without all their limbs. Yeah.
3: No. Yeah. No. I I was at a certain point at a, in our earlier career at a radio place I will not mention where they basically were like. Uh, if you want to move ahead in your career, we're going to have to embed you for desert storm. And I was like, yeah, no, it's not, you know, like they don't play about when you do certain levels of, of, of journalism, they have to embed you, they have to put you in. Yeah. Um, but they tell you off the top, we can't guarantee you're going to come back. Um, I'm reporting a story, sir. I'm not dying from a country. I can't do it. That's a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's a heavy job, man. Sebastian
7: job. younger uh, was uh, yeah, the author Um uh, he's, he's written several big, big books. Uh, Perfect Storm is one of them. Well, he's also a journalist and a, and a very talented journalist and writer and everything. And he went out there with one of his uh, photographers and um, uh, the photographer kind of wandered off to get a shot into a active minefield and stepped on a mine. And it's, it's that kind of thing. It's not always hostile fire. It's just sometimes things happen in Iraq. We had a guy that was uh, out covering a story uh wasn't even any hostels nearby and he uh he the heat and the having the extra body armor and stuff on and it's just the the lifestyle he wasn't prepared for it and he jumped off of a a tank and was doing like this walk up to camera type thing and just fell over dead because of a heart attack. And it's, it's, there's a, there's a lot of things that can happen to journalists. And so it's my job uh, when I'm escorting them is to make sure that those things don't happen, or at least I can try to mitigate it as much as possible.
3: You know, Brian, I got to tell you, my man, look, I'm gonna be flat out with you, my man. I'm black. All right. And my big fear was that I was going to go over there and get embedded and they were going to kidnap my black ass. And there was going to be nobody <laughs> negotiating to get, get me the hell up they out. Want
2: mm-hmm. kidnap they you. will kidnap
3: you. They, they will kidnap a journalist. They definitely would have gave my ass back. I ain't front. I'm, get I'm get hoping that, that they gave me back. Anybody that
4: looked like us because ain't nobody coming. How much you make, Brian? How much do I make now?
7: So I'm a, I'm a GS-12 and I, I've been a GS-12 for quite some time. I'm a step five. So with the locality pay and all that stuff for this area, I'm, I'm right at uh, I guess I average don't about tell ninety what grand. You <laughs> mate,
3: tell no, me don't don't look up money out
7: there, man. She do this every time, son. Averages. right?
3: That's
2: and this, what the average man. salary starting is Jacqueline. So rude, Brian. <laughs> and, then <she laughs> okay, bullied, and then she
3: bully. And no,
7: then she bully looked him. You saw that, right? No, it's, <laughs> she it's, asked the shit and then bully looked him. like, I, "What?" Hey, I'm like? a government employee. It, it's it's public record. So I I average about ninety, <laughs> 90 grand, oh, but I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving Mississippi pretty soon uh, to go uh, in about two weeks. I'm leaving Mississippi to go to Okinawa, Japan. Oh, dope. I found out that uh... – it's very lucrative to to be a government civilian overseas because they pay your rent and your, um, your utilities and then yeah, pay your salary on top of that. Okay. Yeah, they sure well, man, you can turn Uncle Sam
2: into a sugar daddy. I like this, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And thank you for delivering the messages to the media to get the word out on what's going on in that world. Thank you. The podcast is work. Sucks. You can download it wherever you download this fine podcast. Thank you so much for Brian Konnichiwa. for coming. Konnichiwa. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me on. while <laughs> That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Paramount, South Park, and Princeton Productions. Jacqueline, I've said this before. You are a woman of layers.
4: What do you mean? Um,
2: hmm. didn't need to know that you wanted to have sex with a puppet.
4: Whatever. Here we what? are. Uh, since when? Thurston whatever oh man you mm-hmm. all wouldn't talk to Walter and that was rude someone of his age expects to be talked to as well
2: I'm, listen now we're not finna
3: get you I ain't gonna say that his eye stuff. contact was freaking me out I'm gonna talk to him not the whole man yeah
4: I talked to had
2: what? Jeff Dunham We had a whole ass I'm Jeff Dunham on the show girl, I don't man. talk to uh, what, uh, the sidekick. kick tour name you Jeff Dunham Walter was interesting. Sound like Jeff Dunham need to make you a second Walter. Let me uh, <laughs> we'll do a wooden sex doll episode. At some point Jack wooden
4: sex doll. I'm not going to I'm thinking <laughs> the whole
2: episode.
4: So <laughs> I got a terrible thought in my head.
2: Oh, so many splinters, splinter's in that place. <laughs> God, but I think that's a good place to stop. No clue what to say. <laughs> this has been a Comedy Central podcast.
4: June 30th, 2024.